Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. We're your hosts, I'm Adam. I'm Craig. And you're listening to Guilty Pleasure Cinema. Adam and Craig, guilty pleasure. Adam and Craig, guilty pleasure. Adam and Craig, guilty pleasure cinema. Dude, this week we are talking about Tremors. The one, the only, the wonderful Tremors. Wonderful Tremors. Uh, starring Kevin Bacon, yeah? Starring Kevin Bacon, Fred Ward. Michael Gross, other people. <laughs> there are some other people. There are like 12 other people in this film, but mostly Fred Ward, Kevin Bacon. And obviously before Kevin Bacon uh, started doing the adverts. Yeah, I mean, I think I heard the story about him is that he just lost all his money in a Ponzi scheme. I think that is correct. I think he got like swindled. Yeah, which, you know, it happens. And yeah. good for him for coming back and giving us all EE5G. Hey, yeah. you got to make money somehow. So what do you know about Tremors? Um, I watched it ages ago, and I always remember more Tremors from the sequels that you'd see in the like the bargain bucket bins. You know, be Tremors like, two, Tremors yeah. three, Back to Perfection, Tremors four also has a subtitle, I'm sure. <laughs> Tremors the TV series. I remember there was a short-lived TV. Tremors series, five, but... Bloodlines or something. I remember that uh, I think I caught one of the sequels and it was like like they start they're like they're tiny and they fart and yes yeah. ass blasters that's the that's one the yeah, ass yeah. Blasters. and that's when I was like wow what a franchise <laughs> <laughs> it really is a fall from grace I tried watching number six or number five okay. a year ago I got two three minutes in and went oh, Sharknado is better um, fun fact about that as well is that I believe in I want to say like Sweden or Norway I know this just from like um, uh, really randomly that it's called like Worm Summer or something like that <laughs> yeah. but in um, but Jorts is called Shark Summer brilliant so the fact that obviously the posters look very similar and obviously yeah. named like you know similarly like, I want that to be the same for every kind of creature feature movie yeah, yeah. so Zombievers is Beaver Summer and the thing is Weird Alien Summer I want yeah that should be the the remit for how they do things over there I mean I'm excited to watch this with you buddy yeah so should we uh, rock over to the couch and uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah fuck it let's rock over to the couch and uh, yeah, experience right. some tremors together yeah let's rock to the couch and watch some tremors <laughs> All right, ready? Three, two, one. It is movie talk time. Cool. Tremors, baby. Yeah, that wasn't as uh, bad as I remember, actually. That's because it's amazing. It's one of my one-a-year films. Yeah. It's up there with, and I'm not proud, I'm not fully proud of my one-a-year films, but yeah. like the sort of film where if I've not seen it for a year or most, mostly less, mm-hmm. I think, ah, it is time to watch Tremors again, Con Air again, yeah. Miss Congeniality again. And recent added, added to that list is uh, Richard Linklater's Everybody Wants Some. Mm. I've watched that every year since it came out and gone, this film's uh. just great. It is very different to the other three. Like, it's an actually great movie. And what's your... Because um, I, I feel like I asked you this before, and, I, and it just doesn't like, stick in my mind, but why do you watch these movies every year? It's not, it's not a seasonal thing, is it? No, it's no, no, like... it's not... Um, like, there are seasonal films, like Planes, Trains, Norton Beals, Muppets Christmas Carol, Independence Day, Great or show, like... Muppets Christmas I mean, Carol. Oh, it's just the it's best, the best Christmas, Christmas film I ever. I will fight anyone that says differently. But with yeah. these, they're just films that I love. Mm. I just... They're not my favourite films, but they're films that I can kind of switch off and go, I'm going to appreciate this for what it is. See, I find it quite difficult these days to have movies like that, because I think I get so tempted just to Analyze. put a movie on. Either do that, because you've seen it like a gajillion times as well, you can get quite easily distracted, and like these days it's like looking at your phone, and then yeah. you kind of almost have some of these movies on as background noise. All right, well, full, full disclosure, and you'll see it over there. I, I watched Miss Congeniality last night. <laughs> and That's a great movie. It's Sandra a fantastic... Bring the game. Michael Caine's, like, one of his top performances for yeah. me. It's such a great... Um, and Shatner's in it. Shatner is great in it. Ah, it's just a perfect film. But I was there, I was receiving texts, and I was like, nah, Miss Congeniality's on. Oh, no I wonder you weren't answering my calls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> Sandra Bullock's doing a thing. So let's quickly run through it. on the off chance we have people listening that haven't seen the wonder that is nineteen. I can imagine tremors. that you know uh, for most people who haven't seen it. I, I was obviously speaking to Helen, my uh, other half, and she was like, "What's that?" You know, what I mean, you kind of <laughs> think yeah, that some of these movies that we watch and that we bring up are movies that we've had the pleasure of seeing. Mm. Probably the movies that I've listed that we want to cover this um, this season is you know, kind of like very actiony, very kind of like very shooty, you know, yeah. kind of like yeah, you know, kind of action hero kind of movies, and that's mm. kind of my bag. Testosterone films. Yeah, yeah, I like, yeah. like getting a massive chubby watching people <laughs> kill each other. Um, I will get to the chopper. So you kind of think that. There's, it's a, it's a niche which and we're the target audience for this movie like mm. we just see it and go yeah of course it's like huge massive worms coming up from the ground and eating each other that's it's tough to describe it to people though yeah because you, you again Jaws is probably the easiest comparison to make you explain Jaws to people everyone knows what a shark is <laughs> everyone's <laughs> like hope so, oh yeah. okay it's a great white shark I've heard about them and yeah they're terrifying yeah you try and explain a graboid to someone, you're in for a tough time. It's well, a, I have some questions about graboids, which I'm sure we'll get into. Well, let, let's let's quickly go through just I'll yeah, do a quick summary of the plot. Yeah, the small town of Perfection mm-hmm. in Nevada is terrorized by underground worm monsters. Yeah, that uh, yeah live under the earth and detect human mu- movement through tremors. Yeah, through tremors. <laughs> oh yeah. So there's a there's a few questions that come out of that straight away because um, I know the movie itself kind of throws in some um, ideas about where these graboids come from and what they are exactly. Mm. And obviously the, there is an air of mystery about them, which is probably a good thing because I think sometimes where you know you definitively give an origin of a monster. Um, it takes away that mystery of, from it. It's like, oh, okay, well, what are these things? Are they aliens? Are they under prehistoric monsters that have just only surfaced? Have they always been there? You know, are they radiation kind of mutant things? And and as soon as you definitively say it's this X, Y, and or Z, mm. it opens it up for people to go, well, that doesn't make sense because yeah. of this. Whereas if you leave it ambiguous, you leave the argument there and people go, oh, okay, they don't know they're not discussing it doesn't matter and they yeah. get to then further enjoy the movie uh, I think that's quite important as well with what you just said there it's like it doesn't really matter at the end of the day no. um, sorry okay, I'm going to no I'm going to yeah. quickly I'm going to use Jaws a lot in yeah. this as an example Jaws 1 why is the shark there question mark doesn't doesn't matter it's yeah. a 25 foot great white shark it does 25 foot great white shark things Jaws for the Revenge is travelled all the way to the Bahamas to yeah. kill off the Brody bloodline. And all of a sudden, you've got a much worse movie. Also starring Michael Caine, though. Best part of the film. Yeah, that quite literally is like, you can imagine the fonts on skis jumping over Jaws. It's the so. jumpiest of shark <laughs> ideas, Jaws for the Revenge. This time it's personal. Is the tagline to that film. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, 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 yeah, it's for me good we don't know the origins it leaves it ambiguous, it leaves it... Anyone can have an idea as to what's mm. going on. Similar thing, Armageddon. We yeah. don't know where that giant piece of rock came from. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But it's personal. It, it is personal. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah. I, I get what you're saying. It's like, yeah, because... Um, very famous uh, uh, DVD commentary there with Ben Affleck. Yes, wouldn't he's... it be smarter to teach astronauts how to drill than drillers how to astronaut? Yeah. Shut up, Affleck. Exactly. Just shut up, Affleck. Yeah. Like that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's a catchphrase. <laughs> well, okay, so that but that's the basic plot. All these characters are in an isolated area, mm-hmm. surrounded by nothingness, essentially on a sand island. Yeah, they need to escape the sand shark. Because there's a, so basically, <laughs> there's only like kind of one road out of this place. Yes, for some reason. So um, you've got um, Kevin Bacon and what's his name? Kevin Bacon as Val. Yep. And Fred Ward as Earl. Val That's and Earl. It's a Val and Earl. Well, I try and remember because I get so confused between the two of them. Oh, Valentine, Val, you'll know is the romantic because he wants a woman with long blonde hair, mm-hmm. big green eyes, yeah. world-class breasts, yeah. an ass that won't quit. Yeah. It's a hard-working ass. And legs 
that go all the way up. Valentine yeah. is the romantic. I'd Question say mark. More of a sleaze. <laughs> he's an absolute scumbag. So, because um, then, oh, no, it's Val, isn't it? Who wakes up in a sleeping bag? No, no it's that's Earl. It's Earl. I thought it was quite cool because he almost looks like a worm in a sleeping bag. Yeah, and the way he crawls out of it is the worm, the graboid tongue. Yeah, so I wonder if that was like on purpose. You'd like to think that was. I reckon so. Little nods to to the worms. And these two are just a lovable pair of losers. Yeah, so they. So what is exactly that they do? Are they. They are handymen. Yeah, but like, there's handymen, and then there's like. They are very much a jack of all trades. They are fixing like um, they're fixing a fence. They're fixing they fence. fix uh, sewage. Yeah, this is what I mean. This is like you know, handyman. It's like, hey, look, I can come around and do a bit of painting, maybe do a bit yeah. of woodwork and stuff like that. But these guys are, you know, sort of plumbers. Yep. Carpenters. Yeah, literally all trades. They're going to help the doctor doctors couple with their roof or yeah. something. So roofers. Roofers. Yeah. And what's uh, the and uh, one of the girls offers them to stay. Does he like to clean up some rubbish or something like that? There's rubbish. They're hauling trash. That's it. Yeah. And also there's yeah house painting and roof fixing and mm. all that stuff for free beer. Yeah, they so, work for free beer. So that's the kind of thing where you kind of go I. You look at that town, and I kind of go, right, what the hell is everyone doing there? And, like, how is this town even, like, making or doing anything in terms of, like, an economy or, or how these guys got any money? How are they paying for anything? Well, and, how, yeah. and so they're getting these two, like, bums, basically, to come and fix all this stuff. And then it's like, yeah, we'll pay you in beer. That's, I mean, it's a really good question, to which I say, shut up, Affleck. <laughs> no, but, uh, I mean, we'll get, we'll get to the rest of the town. I want to talk to you, because I... You have a great term for how Val and Earl interact. Yeah. Uh, everything they need to decide as to who's cooking breakfast, who's climbing the pylon, who's going to run for the thing at the end of oh, the yeah, film. Yeah, they, they rock off. They don't rock off. It's such a non-term. Yeah, they true. play rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, rock off for it. Rocking off. Have you never heard that term before? I have heard it from you and you only. I have <laughs> spoken to so many people since you mentioned it however long ago that they rock off. I've, I mean, I'm tempted to Google it right now. Yeah. All right. Rocking off. Yeah, Urban Dictionary. (laughs) When two or more people use the game paper, scissors, rock to decide the ownership of a certain item. Alright, fair enough. I've never. (laughs) Rocking off. Okay, so then. I'm just going to call it rock, paper, scissors. They use rock, paper, scissors to decide everything. You can tell they're almost like an odd couple. Yeah. In that situation, except they both sleep in a truck. Yeah, it does seem to be that sort of back and forth chemistry between them. Yeah, and later on you find out that they've got a caravan, but they woke up on the truck. Maybe they just got really loaded and were like, hey, let's go watch the sunset. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't understand that, why they've got this caravan and a vacuum cleaner. Yeah. We'll find that that out later. Why they wake up in the back of their pickup. Hard workers, mate. Mate. Obviously, whatever they were doing beforehand, just knackered them so... So much that they had to go... What were they doing? Kip it putting, off in the... Putting together the fence that gets torn down by a graboid later. It was great. Quite possibly. Very, very true. Uh, so then they meet Rhonda. That's yeah. their first... And she is a seismologist. She is a seismologist. And she doesn't have blonde, long blonde hair. Yeah. Big green eyes, world-class breasts, an ass that won't quit, and legs that go all the way up. She has curly brown hair... And sun cream on her nose. Yeah, she, what a nerd. Do you, do you know what who she reminds me of in a, in a very strange way is the character Dizzy from Starship Troopers. Yes, great movie, great Thank reference. You. Thank you. And hundred percent, yeah, she's because she's not Cameron or not Cameron. Dear, um, but she's not, not Denise. Dear. She's definitely not. She's not Denise Richards, no. who is the hot one. But she's really fit. But because she's, she's not Denise Richards, she's obviously plays she obviously she can fiddle. do things and. Later on in the film, she proves her worth where she figures out that there are more graboids than one, yeah. and she saves Val's life, and she does this, and she does yeah. that. And it's it's kind of a damning indictment to 90s Hollywood, where it had to be like, and we've got one woman who can do things. But yeah. she, she can do things. It was awesome. She's a great character. Yeah. yeah. So next we have Chang's. Chang's. Um, which is a grocery store slash he sells sandwiches. It's kind of like a, it's not like a gas station, like a petrol station, and it's just got 
you know, seats in it. And they, I feel like it's just a bit of everything. I don't remember it's like seeing. A diner it's diner slash. A, yeah, you, know, you see store. it. You see that sort of thing in a lot of American movies, where it is we have we can afford one building and yeah. we're gonna put everything in it. So we meet a few characters in there, including yeah, uh, yeah Michael Gross as Burt Gummer, his wife Reba McIntyre as Heather Gummer, and she's the country singer. She is the country singer, and it's really been moved by the filmmakers to get Michael Gross, who is in uh, Family Ties, the sitcom with Michael J. Fox, cool, and Reba McIntyre, who's not Dolly Parton essentially. Yeah, um, she's never done any acting before. No, uh, or if she had, it wasn't a starring role. It was probably just there in mm. a, maybe a music video or something uh, I, I don't know enough about Reba McIntyre to speak knowledgeably yeah. but yeah to get the guy from Footloose the guy from The Right Stuff yeah the guy from Family Ties and a country singer together as basically the four main characters mm. it's just a weird mix but it, for some reason it works because they're all faces that you're just like oh I, I know who you are I've seen <laughs> you in a thing yeah, you've been something. Yeah, good for you for being a character actor now, I guess. Yeah. And Michael Gross loves these films. I mean, he's in all of them. Yeah, I was going to say, he goes, he's like the sort of uh, the constant throughout all the other sequels, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Um, <laughs> you see that quite disappointingly. I, it's just the... Right, you know Highlander. Yeah, great. We movie. both love Highlander. Highlander should have stopped at Highlander. Tremors should have stopped at Tremors. And the fact that they're now bringing out... Tremors Island Fury the TV mm. movie <laughs> I mean it's something else here we go Graboids are illegally taken to a new island resort by a rich playboy as a dangerous form of trophy hunting and Burt Gummer steps up to save the day so it's kind of like Jurassic, <sighs> Jurassic Park World, Jurassic yeah. World and Fallen Kingdom very much essentially but with John Heder in it or Hader Heder and no one else well Michael Gross obviously <laughs> Michael Gross is definitely there uh, so yeah, we get introduced to Bert and Heather, who mm-hmm. are buying ammunition from Walter Chang, right? Who is there? He's a uh, reputable he, he, arms he, dealer. He's a reputable arms dealer and known swindler, I guess. Yeah. Uh, also, there are Miguel. All right, okay. And then like, we've got Nesta. Yeah. Uh, who is just a sad sack? Yeah. Who lives in a caravan as well? Yeah. His son, Melvin, who is a douchebag. Yeah. Melvin is like if Ted from Bill and Ted was just the biggest arsehole with no redeeming factors. I think, like, from... It's one of those things. If you brought your kid out into that dirt town, would he not just be bored as shit? He would, unless you give him a pogo stick. You could do that. Just like they do with Nancy, the Jurassic Park girl. Yeah. So, so that's her hook. She's a, she's a pogo sticker. He plays basketball. Yeah. Miguel has a tractor, I guess. Yeah. Bert and Heather love ammunition. Nesta's a douche. Yeah. And, uh, God, I don't know the name of N- Nancy's mum. Oh, shit. Mindy is the girl with it. Nancy's the mum. Mindy has the pogo stick. There you sure. go. There you go. <sighs> There's the characters. So um, let's talk about the deaths in this film. First up, Edgar. So, yeah, he's a guy up in the pylon. Yes. Uh, it's a great reveal. Valinel, rock off. They do rock as off. As to who's going to climb up and get him down. Yeah. Old Edgar, acting all crazy again. Get up there, Val does, because mm-hmm. he loses the rock off. And uh, this guy has dehydrated. Oh, I think that's what the, like the doctor says, doesn't he? So he's died of dehydration. Died of dehydration, excusing the fact that they definitely had to push him out of this pylon to get him down. Yeah, you do wonder how they got him down. They pushed him. There's not a crane in sight. Rigor mortis, rigor, ooh, rigor mortis had set in. Mm. He died of dehydration, not the 80-foot fall and inevitable... His, his insides must be jelly. Yeah. But it's a good death. It's a good reveal because the fact that he's up in the air... The fact that he's dehydrated, the fact it's taken three days, kind of shows the tenacity of the Graboids and how mm. long they'll wait for their kill. Then we've got, after that, old Fred. Yep, so he's the farmer dude. He's the farmer that gets taken out, again, off-screen death or off-camera death. He gets sucked yep. underground, and all that's left of him is his head in the dirt with a hat on it. Yes. Always funny. The reveal of the picking up the hat and seeing his head is just brilliant. Yep. Makes you kind of question what the Graboids endgame though is. Are they are they eating? Are they just killing? Are they doing yeah. both? Are they Why, like, yeah, so are they feeding or are they being like defensive and territorial? Yeah. Why leave half of Fred? 
The warning. <laughs> warning shot. Uh, and then next, it's the old Doctor's couple. Yeah, so they he gets pulled down through the dirt. Uh, he's then... a dumbass. Like, oh, it's an old geyser. Let's go and investigate. Mm. Who investigates a geyser? Well, I suppose if you're building your property, like, you know, you're building your... I suppose, uh, you yeah. You kind of want to make sure that there's no... You're not building on some like active volcano or yeah, this is very true. You don't want to build the outhouse on top of the active volcano. That's a very good yeah. point. But when the radiator gets fired up into the air and lands, or the generator, generator even, gets yeah. fired up into the air and lands, and the wife is there going, "Let's get out of here," and he's like, "No, no, no, I'm definitely going to investigate further." It's like, dude, get the fuck out of there. Investigate in the morning. This is why I'm never going to die in a horror film because every time mm. there's a, a creepy noise or down a dark alley, I'm just like well, that is something else for someone else to investigate. Like, I am out of this one. Yeah, it's kind of like the there's an element of, obviously, curiosity that gets people killed. Mm. And you do wonder how, in a situation, how realistic that would be. Like, if you saw something quite unexplainable happen, would you not want to pursue a little bit into finding out what it is? I mean, if, a, for example, like a generator pops up, the last thing you're probably thinking is it's going to be a giant worm eating and chomping his way underground this is where you and I are different because that's the first thing I think <laughs> in any instance that's why I live on the top floor yeah, yeah I, it's like <laughs> but it, it's I, I can kind of see some sites so where things like that would curiosity would obviously get the better of somebody yeah I know it's just it's tough obviously it's tough when you're watching a horror film mm. it's kind of the trope of shouting at the screen like get out of there don't back into the room what are you doing and all yeah. that stuff but sometimes in life you just got to look and go I'm not going to investigate that yeah I think there would probably be cause to you know, turn tail and, and leg it. Yes, absolutely. Get to the car. And then she... Because he gets sucked underground, the wooden board breaks, and then yeah. she gets in the car, and the car gets sucked underground, and the, the 20th Century Fox headlights appear. Oh, yeah. It does have that 20th Century Fox kind of... Yeah, so... To it. So this causes a bit of an issue for me. Mm. Because this sort of sets up the inconsistency of the graboids a little bit. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Um, so this thing is pulling down a full-on like truck yeah. or whatever, um, and it's like it's managed to drag it all the way down. Yet when we see later in the film, it grabs onto the axle of Balanel's car. It, it it stops it, but it then gets its tongue. That this will be something else that we'll get. Into, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but it rips off his tongue, thing or whatever it is, and it dries off. And I feel that there is like this this problem with the graboids where there is not a sort of almost like a set base of uh, what the graboids can and can't do. Mm. So it's like because in some of them, their uh, obviously their abilities and their strength and things like that, they can tear down buildings and they can run through or you know for the most part run through a brick wall and they're smart enough to learn that people are on buildings and how to break yeah. down the foundations yeah I know exactly what you mean I've always taken it to be like oh well the truck Valenel's truck which is coming up is offering counterforce mm. so it can't pull it because it's breaking apart and it's just yeah. the one tongue that's got it yeah yeah um, with this it's the static car it's a station wagon it's static right. there's no movement yeah. so maybe but yes yeah, I know exactly okay. what you mean That it kind of goes back to what we were saying about don't answer all the questions perfectly yeah, shut, up, a bit ben, of shut up Ben Affleck shut up Affleck <laughs> exactly um, and then the next two deaths are the road workers yeah so the, do, do they get killed by the graboids or do they get killed by a landslide one of them gets killed by right so they're jackhammering into the ground yeah and you kind of the camera closes in on the jackhammer and you hear the screech of the tremor of the graboid even yeah. and it runs away crawls away slithers away what are we what are we saying these tremors do these burrows burrows away with the jackhammer still in it oh yeah 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 and then it pulls I want to say Carmichael All right. Carmine one of them up and then he dies but that causes a rock fall that kills the other dude and then actually blocks the access to the any road leading out the town yes which is good this good escalation of the claustrophobia the isolation mm. they're putting them in the, into one place where they're trapped I've never understood though the one that gets crushed by the rocks I've always seen it as his helmet that is then full of brain 
goop. Yeah, I could see that, yeah. But how would the Graboid know where to find him? Because he's not making any noise, he's being crushed by rocks, you know? Mm. So unless he was, like, twitch. Oh, man, that was a great deleted scene. Here, twitching, his last movement, you can just hear that. And see the... That would have been better, but... Mm. Yeah, again, shut again, up, Affleck. I, I like the fact that a lot of these deaths happen off-screen, and to yeah. an extent, because it, again, offers a slight air of mystery, not to maybe the audience, but definitely to the sort of characters, in a way, when discovering... Uh, these uh, these deaths and you kind of almost discover it with them exactly you're put in the eyes of Val and Earl so yeah. when it comes out of the ground for the first time you're thinking oh a tiny little snake monster yeah when it comes out and it's this giant slug fucking so, turd thing so this is the other question isn't it it's like right so these are tongues or are they their own sentient kind of beings it were living within I've always taken them as tongues yeah but they have their own little mouths and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but it's similar to the xenomorph when it, it has... The xenomorph has like a mini xenomorph in its own mouth that kind of smiles and goes... Yeah. It's still part of the xenomorph for yeah, me. I get what you're saying, yeah. It, it, just, it, it feels like the tongues themselves have almost their own like identity yeah. in a way. Yeah. Which again is very cool. And the ambiguity of it, you know, you don't know what's yeah. going on. It's Which is true. great. Um but yeah, so when Val and LC it come up for the first time, we're seeing mm. it for the first time. We are always in their shoes. We're never ahead of them. They're never ahead of us. When they learn stuff from Ronda, we learn it from Ronda. It's great. Yeah. Then, I mean, we're going to talk later about the pole vaulting scene. Let's just put a pin in the pole vaulting scene for now and jump straight to the next death, which is Nestor's. He's on a caravan. Everyone's on the rooftops at this point because they yeah. know they need to get as far away from the ground as possible. Nestor's on his caravan. The caravan gets tipped over. Mm. He takes Solos on a tyre and he gets eaten. Yeah. And it's great because he's a fucking idiot. So, yeah, it's, it's this the whole kind of this part of the movie really started kind of... If there was any kind of gripes and stuff like that about things that were going on, um, just moments beforehand, you've had Jurassic Park girl jumping up on a pogo stick. That's right. Yes, yep. Nancy's on a pogo stick, yeah. Uh, and it's obviously stuff like this is uh, drawing the uh, grab boys towards the town and towards Chang. Mm. The bit I didn't really get about it was that she's jumping up and down on a pogo stick, obviously she's creating a lot of vibration, and then Bacon runs to go and save the day. Saves her bacon. Saves her bacon. There you go. Um, and jumps off, or oh, like sort of tap, rugby tackles her off the pogo <laughs> stick. Yeah. Um, and then the pogo stick is the one that gets sucked down. Yes. Okay, cool. That's a good little bit of visual there. It is. I've never quite understood. So that exact moment was when the tongue of the graboid, or the sentient tongue of the graboid, yeah. clung onto the pogo stick, holds it there for a few seconds, and then sucks it down. Yeah. It, it works visually, but logically, I'm there like, what? <laughs> yeah. It, the thing is, what I didn't get then is that the fact that. Kevin Bacon and the mum and the little girl are mm. landed on the side of the road, which is the the dirt. The dirt. And then the pogo stick comes up and gets spat out from behind them. Right. So at that moment, the grab boys dug underneath them, gone round them. Yeah. Yeah. To then spit this thing out. And you just kind of think, well, how's it not felt the fud of like... Three people. Three people on the very, oh, like, literally foot sort yeah. of away from. from yeah. Listening. That's, again, like, I know these are, like, little... No, but, that, that, but that's what this is. This is picking apart the minutiae. I'm really picky. Yeah. Properly picky. But that's the sort of thing you... I mean, I've watched yourself enough to be like, why is the pogo stick stuck there? Yeah. It's those sorts of things that we have to look at and go, mm. how do the graboids think? Yeah. Because there's four graboids, you could argue almost like... I don't know if you've ever seen the uh, Doctor Who TV movie where there's different coloured Daleks. Uh, yes. But they're different in, in their own special ways to regular Daleks. They're red, black, gold, and then there's also the regular Daleks. Yeah. But the red, black, and gold are like the smart ones. Right. So I'm guessing that this one that grabbed the pogo stick, swung around them, burrowed around them, came back, is just... A dumbass. Yeah, he's the... Because they do nickname one of them, don't they? Stumpy. Stumpy. Yeah. I reckon that was Stumpy. Oh, fair enough. Um, and then, well, as you said, like, you know, when we're sort of picking, like, plot holes and things like that, one of the things I actually really liked, um, 
you know, you're saying about the show and don't t- uh, just show and don't tell. Yes. Uh, it's the bit where Rhonda actually gets trapped up in the barbed wire. Mm. Um, so she, she's legging it. She trips over. Yep. And as the graboid is rising up underneath her, she, she rolls over yeah. and then actually gets tangled up in the barbed wire. And that, for me, was actually quite a cool little bit of um, of, fo- of sequence of events. Believable sequence it of events. It was. It's like, because how many times have you watched a movie where someone's, like, tripped and then suddenly they're, like fully entangled in something you're like oh really like, yeah you know yeah, yeah. Dude, 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 that's like you know like fair enough you can trip running up on something but then when someone becomes like so like helpless in a situation you're just like i'm really that stuff like that really takes me out of movies sometimes yeah it's the sort of thing they address in scream when neve campbell says oh it's just some airhead who runs up the stairs instead of running out of the house yeah it's a horror movie trope that they tackled and went, no, we need to make this as real as possible. Yeah. And they do. And it's the sort of thing that I watch and every time I'm like, that hurts. That definitely hurts. That really must hurt her legs. Because yeah. I've t- I've been trapped in barbed wire Have before. You? Yeah, you grow up on farmland, you get trapped in barbed wire, you know, whatever. Um, and it hurts like a mother. I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what it's designed for, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it kept me out. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so the next death, and I, honestly, I want to take some time talking about this, the graboid that breaks into Burton Heather's. Yeah, so that's probably, I think, the most iconic scene. Oh, it's just... Like, if I've ever seen, like, you know, in your YouTube recommended line, mm-hmm. you know, list, and it's like, you know... If Top like, 10 graboid kills. Or yeah, there's just like, you no, know, those random movie clips. Yeah. Like, that is, like, the one that you think of when it comes to... Tremors, because that's the like a really famous scene. Yeah, great visual effects of that graboid. Fantastic visual effects, great sound of like the sound designer nailed the gun mm. effects. But the best part about that whole scene is obviously Bert and Heather are gun nuts. Yeah, so they've got their guns with them. They're making dynamite mm. that's going to come out in a minute, and they the thing breaks in. They shoot it. They shoot it. They shoot it. They're out of bullets, and then they start backing up. And as they back up, the camera just pans. To this massive wall of all the guns in the world. There are Uzis. There's an elephant gun. There are two pistols. There's a sawn-off shotgun. There are grenades, which they should have used first. There's Um, so many... Definitely not. 100%. No, 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 no. Because you're in... Right, okay. So, so, say this room, right? This probably... Um, not that much bigger than the bunker. Or a little basement. A little basement, yeah. Yeah. Rec rec room. Alright, okay, cool. Alright. Do you know how grenades work? You pull the pin... You throw it. Yeah. Do you know Say something what cool as you do. What's that? Do you know what they do? They kill. They do. Um, but do you know how they... <laughs> Just tell me. <laughs> but I no, don't know. Okay, right. So, obviously, there is, there is shrapnel. Like, right. right. Okay. But there's also the 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 impact from the shockwave. Mm-hmm. Now, that gets reverberated, like, off anything, like, any, like sound, in sure. a sense. So, if you... If you're in a really confined space mm-hmm. like that basement and you throw a grenade, chances are that you're going to take a lot, a lot of damage yourself. More probably more so than that graboid who's like quite a thick boy. As they, you know. <laughs> uh, so it's probably a good idea that they did not use the grenade. But this is a movie. Yes. So. So <laughs> your point. <laughs> So we're cool. just going to defy all like logic and. They're fighting underground worm monsters. Yeah, that, but that's the thing. So like I can I can suspend my disbelief that there's these, there's mutant graboid. Also, there's a door to the next room. Throw the grenade in it. I'm not saying like next to it in its mouth. It was there, yeah, five yeah. feet away with the mouth open. Grenade into the next room. Close the door. Yeah. Yeah, it could do. But that. they got to use the elephant gun, I guess. Yeah, that's, so that's uh, the better visual. But yeah, it was. And then oh man, just the the choice of guns that they make like mm. Reba McIntyre grabs the two like six shooters yeah and you're like there's definitely a better right reload your uh, what whatever she's got browning auto she's got a browning auto mm. reload that instead of using the six shooters the sawn off shotgun was a cool choice but the Uzi didn't really make much impact it was just 
how many guns have we got? How many can we use? Also, I'm pretty sure the guns that they have on the wall are like preloaded. Yeah, 100%. Which is a big no-no. And the safety's off. You keep ammo and guns separated. Yeah, but what if someone breaks in and gets my Uzi? Well, then I've got the elephant gun. Oh, but what if they get the elephant gun? You slip in a clip or you slip in a cartridge or whatever it is that you're loading into your gun. Yeah. I do like the fact that they're... uh, License plate number is Uzi for you as well. Yeah, that's pretty it's cool. Just, it's just so stupid and brilliant. Um, so then, after that, after that, Bert and Heather have dynamite. Yeah. Val and Earl realise that the only way to get out of there is to take the digger, the caterpillar, yep. and the trailer up through the mountains. Mm-hmm. How did the Graboid know to dig a trench on the route that they were taking? So... I thought that because they're tunneling anyway, that that would have just happened. Like it would have been like mm. th- that thing has been tunneling and burrowing around underground so much. Yeah. In a way, almost like circling its prey. Yeah. Um, very much like a shark would. There you go. See, brought it back. Sand shark. Um, well, yeah. Let's just imagine that that, that is the case. They're they're mm. a sand shark, aren't they? Um, and Great call, by the way, for them not to give this fucking thing a fin. Would it have hurt? Again, a lesser move. Yes, it would have. It I think that should be quite cool. 100% Cooling. would have sucked. Fair enough. So, this thing is like circling, tunneling. So, mm. um, and that you can imagine is maybe a tactic for it because it would think, well, you know, if it's circling and then they create this like moat to an extent. Yeah, yeah. That it then traps the prey if it does decide to run off. Makes sense. It makes sense. Makes sense to me. It makes sense to <laughs> you. Shut up, Affleck. Um, so then they have to get to a rock. And we've been to a rock earlier in this film. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. We're not rocking I know off. we were going to put a pin in it. Can we go through the uh, rock jumping scene? Oh, this is where that pin uh, came. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, earlier in the film, Val, Earl, and Rhonda get trapped on a rock. Mm. And then pole vault their way to freedom. Yeah, this bit... <laughs> So, why were there poles there? What are the odds? Well, not only that, like, it, it, I think, again, what really took me out for, you know, like a brief moment, which I always hate in movies, when you kind of go, hang on, what the fuck's going on here? Um, it was just a big change in, in sound. Like, yeah. you know, like the. Um, uh, to be clear, music. Yeah, music, yeah. yeah. So, so, it's like, when you think of, like, any kind of, like, art direction for a movie mm. like how important the soundtrack is because uh, obviously it helps set tone and ambience um, and this movie was really jarring with a lot of its uh, choices of well let's say songs because it's very like hillbilly twangy yeah you know, desert desert banjo with an eagle calling in the background sort yeah of thing. Um, and then in the pole vaulting scene it basically becomes almost like the music from Matilda so what was the so obviously you know more about this movie than I do sure what the, what's happened there then what, what they brought in a different composer they brought in a different composer to kind of give it a family friendly feel you know so, so there's two composers <laughs> yeah that that always tried and tested routine right of... okay so were they was it as in they had one composer and then that didn't work out and then they brought in another guy and he is the one that added all of the kind of fun pole vaulty Matilda jaunty music yeah wow okay yeah so and obviously that got signed off as far as I'm aware I hope I've not got that the wrong way around but yes yeah. I, I believe it started with the serious like slasher movie like oh 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 oh, oh music <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah and then becomes the kind of we're freewheeling down the highway yeah it's just, it's dad rock kind yeah, of stuff yeah. It's just so hard to like say because it's just for me it just doesn't work at all and I can imagine that you're nodding your head in agreement there I I didn't notice that the music just completely changes the tone of the film and the fact that they're doing so ridiculous as pole vaulting so I think I looked over at you and I just gave you that look where I was just like (laughs) you know the WTF is this shit (laughs) (laughs) it probably is it just baffling Obviously, don't ask questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, what were those poles doing there? No, I don't think, like, for me, people weren't asking enough questions. <laughs> and also, <laughs> how easy is it to pole vault? Um, I don't know. Is this like, a legit question? I've never done it. 
Because um, I've had a little hand in, like, you know, when I think back to athletics. Sure. Um, used to do high jump, long jump. Yeah. And I did try a little bit of pole vaulting and majorly sucked at it. <laughs> uh, wasn't too bad at javelin, though. Had to, yeah, yeah, I was a shot put guy. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, I just couldn't uh, think that it'd be that hard for someone to pick up. Hmm. I mean, you could probably look up on YouTube of someone trying, you know, get, having a go at it. Yeah. But what is Oh, it? I'd love to see some, like, what's the opposite of dude perfect? Dude imperfecting on pole vault. Yeah, jacker. <laughs> and they do try pole vaulting in jackass. I do remember, goes, yeah, I think it's the jackass movie where Steve O. Steve like, tries to pole vault the Gammy River. Yeah. <laughs> he just falls in this trap. <laughs> okay, yeah, pole vaulting's hard. And for all three of them to just be fine and do it in unison. Like, perfect yeah. synchronicity. Good job, stunt team. Yeah, so it just gave it, like, a real, like... I don't know, when I think of, like, shitty family movies, like something like Homeward Bound or something like that. Whoa. Yeah. Did, Wait, hold on. No, I've just confused Homeward Bound with Fightful Goes... Uh, no, yeah, Fightful. Like... The dogs and shit. No, okay. What's, <laughs> uh, I'm thinking of an American tale. Yeah, sorry. With with the mouse, that, the animated cartoon with the mouse. Home about is a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's the kind of vibe I'm getting from this movie. Like when, in that scene, anyway. Yeah, or even yeah. They even don't forget the, the the ravenous, you know, bloodthirsty monsters that are lying in the ground that are literally decapitating people. One of them should have died. I think it would have been quite good if Fred Ward died. Yeah. In this movie. Or if he sacrificed himself for Val. See, that would have been cool. That would have been like, or. The one time that Val or um, oh, wins the rock off. Wins the rock off. Fred Ward dies. Fred Ward dies. And Val and hangs then, himself because of the guilt. Or maybe yeah. not hang himself, but obviously then gives a little bit of heaviness towards the end of the movie. It's like, yeah, we won. A bit of, a what bit of weight. Yeah, that... Uh, no, Bert has a great idea where he says, when it comes to starvation, I'm going to walk out there with a dynamite stick lit and let him take me. Mm. Boom. And then they get the idea to go fishing, throwing the rocks so as that they can attract one of the graboids, light the dynamite, and lasso, sling it so as it swallows the dynamite and explodes. And it has the great line of, what are you going to use? I'm going to use my cannon fuse. What do you have that for? My cannon! That's a good line. <laughs> it's just, of course. I think Fred Ward goes first mm-hmm. and nails it. Boom. Graboid dead. Everyone gets covered in gloop. Yeah. And then Val... Goes second, yeah. Stumpy spits up the dynamite and it lands back on the rock next to the bag of dynamite, yeah. scattering everyone. And then uh, Val, with his one stick of dynamite left, attracts the graboid to the edge of the cliff, mm. throws the dynamite behind him, so he speeds up, flies out. Like a giant turd. Like a giant turd. Like it shits, the cliff shits out this graboid. <laughs> and uh, yeah, stampede call back to earlier in the film um, but yeah that's that's the deaths that's how they do it yeah so yeah there is no great consequence to any of these deaths you're right yeah I, that's why I feel like uh, so if we were to uh, sort of maybe do like a bit of a rewrite on certain things oh I'd definitely kill Fred Ward yeah I, that's a that's a must mm-hmm. um, and not because we don't like Fred Ward no Fred Ward's great as I said I feel like it would have given um a, it would added would have added weight to Valentine's journey. Yes, that, and I think it would have added weight to the relationship as well. The mm. fact that if there was some sort of um, sacrifice, because at the end of the day, really, these characters don't have a lot of meaning to their lives. No, um, they are you know down and out bums, handymen <laughs> that are like jack of all trades, yeah. and all they're looking to do is like the next job sort of yeah. thing. And their life's game is fairly directionless mm-hmm. you know so it would have given um, Fred Ward's character maybe some you know some some ultimate power in a sense for his character to be able to take his life you know in his own hands yes and sacrifice himself for his friend who and has always been at the you know the losing end of, of things of rocking off <laughs> um, but, but that's right because Fred Ward is Throughout the film, Valentine's father figure, he teaches him not to just go for the kind of ditzy blonde yeah. 
list that he looks for you know go for personality he's the one that teaches him about planning ahead yeah. and wouldn't it have been great if he's, his death was him planning ahead like I'll get killed now so you can kill the graboid later mm. uh, yeah it would have had some meat to it yeah I, I think so um, as it stands Val and Earl are very much like how I feel about Tony Stark anyway so Tremors yeah I would say <laughs> I might leave it all in or not we'll find out power of editing uh, so yeah that's that's kind of the film really yeah is there anything else we'd like to bring up I mean any other big moments the comedy is on point I love the acting everyone knows yeah. what this film is so who's the director uh, Ron Underwood who has also done uh, City Slickers City Slickers Billy Crystal and yeah. Jack Palance I'm aware Pluto Nash <laughs> Mighty Joe Young. Alright, so this guy's lineup's not that stellar. And then a load of TV shows. Yeah. Oh, he did do t- Deck the Halls. Mm. Is that the Matthew Broderick Dan DeVito movie? Nope, different movie. Different movie called Deck the Halls. <laughs> uh, but yeah, his last film thing that he did was four episodes of Hawaii Five O. He's done some Magnum PI, some MacGyver, MacGyver, MacGyver. <sighs> but yeah, he. Uh, he had his time doing films, and <laughs> now he's a TV guy, which is great. Good for him. Yeah. Cash them checks. That's right. I don't know how much you get paid to direct an episode of TV, but according to Kevin Smith, it's fucking easy. Yes. All the work's done by the writers. You're welcome. So, uh, any final thoughts? This film is amazing. Uh, yeah, I'll give it the fact that it's... Uh, with the unfortunate succession of sequels... Yeah, okay. Which, it's again, like, it's... You either step up what was great about the first one, mm. or you go in a very different direction. So if we say like Alien to Aliens, amazing. You know, it's just like got this sort of like very uh, claustrophobic horror, horror to an hour and out action war film. Yeah, yeah. And then so it's almost like subverted the the movie. Yeah, it changed like, the genre. That's what Terminator, Terminator, two, Terminator, Terminator. Yeah. So stalker horror film. Yeah. Uh, Terminator 2 is an action sci-fi yeah and so and then we, you look at things like uh, say like Alien 3 with um, is it David Fincher? Alien 3? yeah yeah it is David Fincher um, and you think about how you know kind of in relation to Tremors how you had studio execs and producers really like manhandling that movie to its death to to degree you know it didn't do well do you know um, what the one of the original ideas for that film was? Yeah, some really cool ones actually. The, yeah. one, the one that I love is the nature planet. Yeah, so it's meant to be like a wooden planet. Yeah. It's full of like uh, sort of monks that have denounced technology. I've got and I've got a feeling that was Joss Whedon. I think I don't. I don't think it's Joss Whedon that wrote that. I think it's Joss Whedon was going to direct. Right. It. Yes. Um, Joss Whedon went on to do um, Alien Resurrection, didn't he? No, that would have a French New Wave. Oh, no. Josh Whedon went on to do The Avengers. Josh Whedon, um, I think he was attached to Alien's Resurrection at some point. Okay, okay, fair enough. Maybe I'm confusing Alien 3 with Alien Resurrection. Maybe, maybe we both are. Maybe Mm. we should do our research. Maybe. But Josh Whedon, (laughs) what an absolute king. So, yeah, my final thoughts on Tremors. Let's go through it. So, um, acting. The thing that obviously stands out for me the most in this movie is the special effects. Sure. Um, So... Uh, I feel like there are some really good shots where it's, some, it's quite clearly miniature. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But the way they filmed it is, is really good. And then the puppetry that they've had to do with the bigger uh, things is amazing. And how was the budget for it? Ten million. Yeah, the fact they did all that for ten million. Mm. You know, that's. Yeah, I would say it's almost like yeah that. For me, obviously, what really makes the movie is, mm. is the actual Graboids and the monsters. Fair enough, obviously, you've got the chemistry in, in between the characters. Yeah. Um, but could you have done that whole movie with never seeing the monster? No. Yeah. No, you need to see it to not necessarily feel the fear of it, but mm. to know what it is. I'm trying to think of another film of a similar nature that isn't yours, where mm. you don't see the monster at all but it's there 
Yeah. I mean, Alien, you kind of see it straight up, but then you don't see it again for a while, I think, yeah. if I'm remembering that film correctly. It's, it's things like Looming Presence, but then there's things where, like, what's that movie where it follows? You ever seen that mm-hmm. movie? Yeah. yeah. It's like, you never see the monster, but you see the representation mm-hmm. of the monster mm-hmm. in that sense. So you kind of wonder, like, could they have done something similar? Because you could always see that, again, one of the great things in the movie is the point of view of the graboid, you know, yeah. with burrowing through the ground. And even, like, the POV shots are when it's kind of almost, like, above ground. Yeah. And I always imagine that that's more, almost like it's, like, kind of visual representation of what's going on. So kind of like how, a, like, a bat would... Uh, sort of sonar, sonar or like a mole would you know kind of feel for for the ground and things like that I've kind of always hated that because it's felt like the tremor the graboid fuck <laughs> the graboid is throwing up a little periscope I doubt that is obviously what's happening it's not at all but it's definitely what it feels like the fact that when you first see that it's a Dutch tilt angle and then it straightens yeah. up and then it moves slowly forward and it feels like that submarine effect of like we're yeah. getting, close, getting closer getting closer and I'm like you're not supposed to be able to see. It would. It doesn't make sense that we're now in your POV because you live underground. But that's what I'm saying. It's, it's almost like a representational POV. Yeah. No, of course. Of course. It is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Acting. Guilty or pleasure? <laughs> um, I have to edit this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Acting. Guilty or pleasure? Uh, I'd say for the most part, very pleasurable. Good. Script? I would also agree. Pleasure. No one uh, does a bad job. Some yeah, do better than others. In the middle, guilty pleasure. Yeah? Yeah. I'm saying pleasure. This film's great. Yeah. It's just a fun little romp. It's a good Sunday evening movie, you know? Mm, yeah. 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 So thanks for listening, guys. I've been Adam. I've been Craig. And this has been Guilty Pleasure Cinema. We are watching a movie talking about so sit back and relax and it's time to talk about it talk about it maybe get some popcorn or maybe some snacks because we are watching a movie that we're gonna be a talking about uh,